Do you think you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Are you in recovery and chose to tune in for some inspiration? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you are here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of this podcast. I spent most of my life drinking, and eventually I realized how alcohol was negatively impacting my life in many ways. One day at the age of 39, I decided I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, and I reached out for help. I have been sober since 2012, and it has changed my life in ways I never imagined. I am so happy that I got the chance to live a more comfortable life, free of the chains of addiction. Today, my life just keeps getting better. Sober Gratitudes was born out of the desire to recover out loud so that others could see the hope in sobriety. In each episode, I speak with a recovered alcoholic or addict who shares how their life changed for the better after they got sober. I welcome you to subscribe to my podcast to hear these amazing stories of people from all walks of life. They too want to share in this mission to help others and to end stigmas of addiction. I promise you, you will be inspired. Whether you have been here before or you were a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for dropping in today and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I will be your host. I am really excited to hear from today's guest. Her name is Harriet Hunter, and she has over 20 years of sobriety and is the author of a book called Miracles in Recovery, Daily Meditations of Hope, Courage, and Faith. Her passion is to help others to find hope. Welcome, Harriet. How are you doing today? Hello, Sarah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. This is such an honor to be here with you. Oh, I'm so, so glad that we get to talk today and the listeners can hear about what you've been doing in your sobriety. Thank you. And It's it's, it's exciting too, because we share not only are we sober women, but we also share in the passion, a mutual passion in helping others find hope. Oh my, I tell you. Yes. And where that, where that really became evident for me, the need, the desperate need for us to have hope was in, in the beginning of my recovery, about a year after I got sober. I started doing women's prison ministries and I took AA into the women's prison. And it was there that it was uh, made glaringly apparent how much hope and the desperation in these women to just have hope that A, they can get out of there and do something different be that somebody will believe they're good people. You know, we're not bad people. We're good p- people trying to get better. 
and um, and I spent it's been 18 years now there I'm 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 so waiting for COVID to let me back in uh, because these poor women, oh my God, behind bars is just, you know, we think we have it bad until you talk to the women be in, behind bars and the, the hoops they have to go through. And, and that's service work. There is, for me, there's no greater service work at all, none far none than being in the in the, behind bars because let me tell you they keep it really green wow yeah yeah that's where that's where i knew i had a purpose and that's how i knew there was so much sick and suffering out there and when i come in um you know these women they just love me and they're so grateful and they just, I did fifth steps in the prison. I, I had to get four and five other women to get certified to go in there and help me. And we'd go in Saturday. I bet we heard about 20, 25 women's fifth steps. We worked the step. I mean, we worked the steps. Yes, we did. So yeah, it's that's that's uh, just amazing. I've heard, I've never had the privilege to go into the prison system, but that's something I've always thought about and, and hearing your experience. Um, oh, they just, them. they love it. Yes. Oh, They're so desperate for the steps, so desperate to do the work. And because they are where they are, they're a captive audience they're willing to do whatever work you give them. And believe me, you know, I grew up, I got sober online with, and I had a sponsor from Minnesota that I never met. And that's how I first came into the rooms because I was scared to death. I could not walk in those rooms. So I, you know, I stayed isolated, if you will, and I stayed drunk a lot of the time until we really got in and she kicked my butt and said, I'm not, I'm not wasted by time. You can either sit here and drink like you're doing, or you can work with me, but it's one or the other. And so that's how I learned what work was in the program. I had to prove to her by sending her my work. I'd send her five gratitude a day. I'd send her five uh, resentments a day. I would work on step one. Where am I powerless? What does that mean? How am I, how is my life unmanageable? You know, so it grew from there. So then I was able to take the same work that I did and that I knew worked for me into the prisons and they were like, oh, this is wonderful. I've got something to do. I've got something to take my mind off of poor pitiful me. When am I gonna get out of here? Why are they treating me like this? Oh my God, you know, yeah. Harriet, I have to, I have to ask, um, I'm just so uh, amazed to hear that over 20 years ago when you first got sober, that it wasn't, you literally walking into the rooms of AA. It was no, utilizing the internet all way back then. 
Way back then. That's right. And I find that interesting because, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings about meetings online during COVID and how is it really working for newcomers? And clearly it worked for you. And I think, you know, your experience speaks to the, the point that it is possible for people who are getting sober during the coronavirus and don't have access to, to meetings um, in church basements or wherever that Mm -hmm. it really does work online as well. Absolutely. Here's the, the truth about all of that malarkey back in the day when Bob and Bill got sober and Abby Thatcher and, and the beginnings of Al-Anon, they, they didn't have anything but maybe one meeting a week. That was all they had. They couldn't, they didn't go five, you know, five, two miles down the road or they didn't have anything. And by God, they stayed sober. And I believe, and this is for me, I, you know, I believe that if you want to live just a little bit more than you want to drink, you're going to stay sober. It doesn't matter where you do it, how you do it. The only thing that matters is that you do it. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. People, I'm starting to hear a lot. Well, you know, nobody likes AA. They do this and they do that. And I'm like, you know, don't tell me that. I got sober in AA. So you can get sober standing on your head in that corner if you want it bad enough. You have to want it. It's like it tells us, you know, rarely have we seen a person who thoroughly followed our path. And um, yeah, I don't believe that. I believe if if you want to get sober bad enough, you can uh, join that hummingbird on the front porch each morning. I love yeah. that. I love that, Harry. It's so true. I, I agree with you that, you know, if I know that I was desperate enough, I, you know, I was um, so miserable in my life and was so afraid that, you know, that I was going to die. And, you know, the fact that I had choices and, you know, I was ready. I mean, I was 39. So, you know, I could have gotten sober at 29. Um, but I, it just wasn't my time. And, but by 39, I was ready. I was willing to, to go to any length to, to make a change in my life. So I would just feel better. And, um, and it sounds like that you did the same as well. And then you took your, your, um, experience working in the prison system is in that, is that what prompted writing your book? No, 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 no. I've been a writer for as long as I can remember something. I, I was a big journaler and that was my escape. That was how I articulated and made sense of my world. Okay. Journaling. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I got sober in at 47, I spent 30 years out there almost in a blackout. Mm -hmm. And I remember so little about my life little snippets, bits and pieces here. Oh yeah, I think I was there. Weren't, wasn't so-and-so there? No, okay, well, 
you know, I, I remember little snippets and I got married and continued to drink. He was an ex-cop and he said, look, it's me or I was doing marijuana too. He said, you can't, no, you can't do this. I, I said, well, can I still drink? Oh yeah, you can still drink. I said, good, then I'll just double up what I'm doing. See, that's what we do. So I had a child, we had, we had a, a one daughter and I still, I was still drinking. Um, I was doubling, I was drinking overtime. It was, it was a terrible first 12 years. But I, I was, you know, I don't know how you were, but I was still trying to be Donna Reed, that perfect mother. I'd come home, kick off my shoes, run in the kitchen, peel potatoes, carrots, everything had to be homemade, everything we said at the table. I mean, I was a good mother, except I was an absent mother emotionally. I had no patience. I had no tolerance. I was strict, overbearing, over everything. Oh, over was my middle name. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, I quit. So then I quit at when she was 12 years old because I, like you, um, wanted to die. And I was back in the, uh, a spare bedroom with a computer, listening to sad music, drinking until I couldn't get drunk anymore. I couldn't drink and I couldn't not drink. And when I did, it, everything stopped working, everything except I would get up and leave and go from there in bed and fall out till the next day. So that's when it all came to a head, but my daughter died fast forward. She passed away in 2012 in Australia from a terrible disease, little known disease. And uh, the year before that, I had always wanted to travel. So got an RV after she died, came home with my dogs, <clears throat> excuse me, and now my writing, because of the pain I was in, never stopped. I would write a topic, a different topic every day. I would just pull these thoughts out of my head. Let's write about grief. Let's write about uh, denial. Let's write about fear. And I would write on all these topics. And so I remember halfway through, I went to my mother in a phone call, you know, I think I have got the beginning of a book here. So I started going through Melody Beattie's, uh, the language of the heart, the language of letting go, the uh, daily reflections, 24 hour, all of my daily readers, I would go through and I'd read and I say, oh my gosh, look, at, I can do that. I, I've done that. And so I just kept writing. I joined uh, several writing groups and critique groups and got really involved. And that's how miracle, miracles of recovery kept me alive. It, uh, it absolutely was a God thing. I did not write that book. My God was with me every day cross country i spent seven weeks in an rv with my two dogs and at night 
come two or three o'clock, there was nothing to do but have dinner, go for a walk, and, um, and write in the quiet. And that's what I did. Yeah, but it was unequivocally a God thing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah. And even now, I've written two ebooks now and a ton of blogs and my writing, it's just so different, you know. Um, in one of my articles, I write about being in the here, being in the here and now and how, uh, how I knew in the, in the moment that it was a God thing because I, I don't talk like this. You know, writing takes me to a place where I am so open to the sunlight of the spirit, almost become transformed. And so my writing became transformed. Otherwise, you know, I am in self-will, run riot, get out of my face. I am the old Beth. I have to be very careful. So I tell my sponsees, you just don't know how, how elevated and how, uh, how special. You're getting the very, very best of who I am, my sponsees. And the people who buy my book are hearing the very, very best of who I am. Because that's where, where God is using me the most. Well, that's wonderful that you, you've, that, that's beautiful. And your heart and your soul is, was open to that message after your daughter died. Oh. Um, the, you, something that was so something, you know, every parent's worst nightmare. And I'm so sorry for your loss, by the way. I just, Thank you. it's unimaginable, so unimaginable, but you didn't pick up and this is what you would call i think in one of your daily meditations that you shared with me before we recorded today is the non-negotiable sobriety oh yes and yes. that yes. that just that I, th I think about that particular meditation um with regards to the loss of your daughter and um perhaps you can share that daily sure. meditation with us now? Sure, I would love to. In fact, you're so right. I spent 30 years on the streets, right? Drinking and drugging and sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was my MO. So when I came into the rooms, man, I was ready. I knew. But after my daughter died and my husband died too before her, after those losses, now I'm alone, I realized, I tell you what, I, I would die. I, I don't have another drunk in me because I've experienced too much loss, too much grief to want to be anymore. I would drink. Well, you know, in the big book, I don't know if you remember, I don't have the page, but if you looked up the words premeditation, it's in the big book. So I know that for me to drink is a premeditated setup. And for me, it would be to die. What? I have nothing to live for other than service work. Yeah. 
helping others. So, yes, I have um, an, an article. It's called, can I read it? Is that I, would love it. I would love if you would read it. Mm, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's called Non-Negotiable Sobriety. Our lives are filled with absolutes. Things that are non-negotiable, among them death and taxes. Well, but what about our sobriety? What about our personal long-term commitment to ourselves? Shouldn't that be non-negotiable? Our addiction is a disease unlike any other. One slip, one slip reveals how fast our disease progresses like a cancer. Suddenly out of remission, man. Like any fatal illness, the progression, progression is predictable and comes with guaranteed consequences of jail, institution, and, or death. We know because we watch what happens to those who are still experimenting. Without sobriety, our condition never gets better, only worse. Only complete and total abstinence guarantees sobriety. Our conviction that absolutely nothing is made better with a drink or a drug must be non-negotiable. We come to believe that we must stand on our truth because we know nothing is greater than our priceless gift of sobriety. And the meditation is, thank you God for a sustaining truth that tells me I deserve the miracle of uncompromised, non-negotiable sobriety, without which I stand for nothing. And the quote, uh, on the quote for the read is from Thomas Says, and he says, the wise treat self-respect as non-negotiable and will not train it for, trade it for health, wealth, or anything else. So, you know, when I, through my own uh, emotional transitions from being a victim to a survivor, I realized, oh my God, I spent my life where everything was negotiable. I, I never knew the meaning of the word. I never excelled at anything. I would take something and drop out, you know, run and do what I always did, drink and drug and hide. So this is the one thing in my life that I can say absolute, absolutely, so long, and here's the hitch, so long as I remember I get a 24 hour reprieve based upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition, see? Not my mental condition, not my physical condition, but on my spiritual condition. And that reminds me that I cannot do this alone. That there will be a day, like it says in the big book, when, that, when we are not immune from staying away from that first drink, unless we have the security of something greater than us taking our hand and saying, no, 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 we're going to come with me. We're going to scoot around that bar and we're going to go over here instead. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for reading that. Um, 
meditation. Mm -hmm. And I do believe as well that, you know, in my experience, um, you know, I found that no human power was able to get me sober. And I had a hard time with a whole, you know, notion of, of God. I had a resentment towards God. Um, and, but it, early in my recovery, I do remember being asked by, by a beautiful woman. Um, she said, are you, are you willing to believe that there is something, some power in the universe that's greater than yourself? And I said, I think, I think maybe, I think so. I think there's, there's gotta be some, maybe, I don't know what it is. And she said, you know what? As long as you're willing, that's all you need to have is that willingness to believe mm -hmm. that there is something out there greater than you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I was re ready to take certain steps. And, mm -hmm. and I love your, your book, the book Miracles in Recovery. I can't wait for it to arrive at my house because um, it just, um, and I, and I can't wait to listen more to your voice. Cause I know you do also offer the meditations on um, mm, audio. On audio, yeah. And so if you can, I, I want my listeners to know where they can find you, where they can listen to you and, um, oh. and where, where I know you, you say that you um, are actively serving um, others um, in the rooms, which is a site, oh, yeah. quote unquote, in the rooms is what it's called online. Right. In the rooms.com is the single largest recovery site in the world. They're, they're either at or approaching 700,000 members, almost three quarters of a million. Okay. Yeah. And if they don't, I tell people when I meet them there, if they don't have what you're looking for here, I don't think it exists. I mean, it's, it's just huge. So yes, I have my own uh, cyber room, if you will, in, in, in the rooms each Sunday at two o'clock. And it's called Miracles of Recovery. And each Sunday, I'll read a page from miracles and, and we talk about it and people care about it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love that. So every Sunday at two in the rooms, right. you right. can find Harriet Hunter when she reads, <laughs> when she reads um, one of her meditations and then there's yes. a discussion. On it. That's beautiful. And um, you also spoke about, you know, before we talked, um, about future endeavors of yours and well and and okay. if you want to speak to that or um sure sure all right let's go back to the audio for a moment oh sure yes yeah I do. yeah yeah because everything <laughs> is being condensed on my website um my website is like the go-to and i've got all kinds of free gifts out there which i would love for them to have too presently I created an ebook, pardon me, please, that was a compilation of ideas, uh, exercises, and rituals that I worked with the women behind bars in. It's things that they can do where their feet are, right where they are, 
24 hours a day. You know, most people, and I'm so the same way, most of us think that if we're not doing something grandiose and making a huge difference for other people, that we're just existing. But that couldn't be any further from the truth. The real truth is, and this is what I try to explain to the women behind bars, is this is your miracle. You are here now, working these steps, learning how to talk different, react different, be different, um, go out of your way, random acts of kindness, practice, saying what you mean, mean what you say, but say it nice. This is where your miracles are, see? When you get out of here, it's too late. You may not drink or drug again, but I'll guarantee you, your ass will be back right where you started because of your attitude or because of, you know, uh, your anger, your resentments. And, and that's where going to page 67 and reading about those resentments, man, really make it come true because resentments will kill you. Mm -hmm. I know because I had uh, a mother who was a rage aholic. And what did I grow up to be? Little Miss <laughs> Angel? I don't think so. You know, no, I've changed a thousand percent. If you knew me, if I was the person talking to you right now, you would, this show would be over. This, yeah, I mean, because that's what the steps do. If, and I love what you said, Sarah, because it's all about the willingness. Everything we think about, everything we do, is tied back to that one word, willingness. You know, I, in fact, I just read willingness to the women last Sunday. If I could just read you the first sentence. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, please. If I can. Okay, take your time. Find it. But anyway, I can't find it. Uh, but the analogy is, you know, what would happen if we didn't have the willingness to move out of the way of a car in front of us, put on those brakes just in time we, before we crashed, to say, to go off on somebody who is going to, who is coming to see you to give you a raise. You know, if we didn't have the willingness we'd be in big trouble. So you need willingness for everything. I can't find it. Anyway. Well, we'll just have to make sure we put in the show notes um, exactly where people can find where to buy your book. Oh, so they can okay. read it. <laughs> yeah. And That's hopefully funny. I'll have the, that page of willingness for you too, because it was, it was a pretty pretty right a spot on if you will okay sorry that's okay no this everybody is great can, everybody can find my uh my books and myself and my background and my truth at harriethunter.org 
org org there's a separate page there for all of my audios you can buy the audios by the month for two dollars and change wow. you can buy the whole book for 18.95 in an audio if you buy from my website it's a little bit more expensive but you will get um, a free my free ebook that's what I started uh, daily your daily reprieve it's called oh I love it that's where I'm ebook yeah that's where I'm gonna go uh, to get you. oh cool thanks <laughs> thanks so uh, it, it'll talk it'll show you there um, under free gifts you go to the menu free gifts you get a beautiful um, specialized spiritual calendar if you will with a message for each day but right now it's only for a month i'm working on the rest of the year that's one of the things i'm doing um, i'm starting a new class probably kicking it off in october called journaling with a purpose that i've done over the years free for people and now i'm going to monetize it um, so i've got the podcast coming the journaling coming Eat more ebooks coming, and um, I guess that's about it, man. Yeah, that's a lot. That's yeah, the, and that's just more service work for you. And I know, in doing service, my in my experience, when I'm serving others, when I'm helping others, when I'm doing anything I can to celebrate the hope in recovery, and um, just recover out loud with no shame. Oh, how beautiful that is. I, I feel that I'm doing what I'm called to, to be on this earth. And because of my um, willingness to keep my heart open, I've had the blessing to meet people like you and to meet you. And now that I know you, I just I have the goosebumps. I just think you're a beautiful, beautiful human who is doing such beautiful work um, even during, you know, you've had, you know, the loss of your child, the loss of your husband, you stayed sober, you mm -hmm. turned to where you could be useful, where you could be helpful, where you could help others. And you clearly are doing that on a daily basis. So everyone, please go out and buy Harriet's book, Miracles in Recovery. Oh, bless and, and before we close this out, I just, um, if you don't mind, um, just um, with consideration to the, the title of my podcast, what, what would you say is um, maybe your biggest sober gratitude? My biggest sober gratitude will always be on page 77 of the big book. Our primary purpose, it says, is to be of maximum service to God and to the people around us. That's, that's my greatest gratitude. Everything stems from that because it's, it's coming from a God place. It's coming from Beth. Then it's selfish, cold, uh, self-centered, all of those things. 
Yes, no, but when I'm coming from that, that sentence, that means it's, it's a God thing and, and, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's surely something to be grateful for. And thank you for that. And, and lastly, you know, we are in a time in our lives and gosh, the history of the world, I think perhaps, I don't know, that's really difficult. And there's been an an upsurge in um, uh, alcohol related deaths and um, drug related deaths and, you know, such a huge increase in alcohol consumption. And that's, these are based on stats that I've read. Um, Oh, yes. Oh, my, absolutely. And I read them with concern. And I know, you know, there are some people out there who can drink safely. um, But more and more, I think during this time, I know I would, if I was still actively drinking, it would be, this would be my heyday. I mean, I would be drinking around the clock. And um, I don't know if I'd be alive. So to the people that are struggling during this time of such great uncertainty um, and, and, and um, fear, there's a lot of fear and anxiety oh out there. Um, you have a lot of time in the program. You have a lot of time doing service work. You have faced the unimaginable of losing a child. What, bit of hope can you give to the listener out there who is struggling so because of the conditions of life right now? Is there anything you'd like to share with any, with any of the listeners that um, you feel would be helpful if they're struggling with their, with their drinking? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I, I, the only thing I can think of is the unmanageability of the crowds and young people who think, still think they're omnipotent. And no matter what, how many people this COVID is killing, it's, it's, it's the same issue with alcohol. We can't tell anybody anything that they're going to buy or believe or have trust in until it affects them personally to the point where they're willing to stop and take a step back and say, whoa, whoa, boy, I guess I overshot that one. You know, I don't know, man. If they don't get what's happening with COVID, um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 that's a tough one. That's a really tough one, Sarah. I think, you know, they have to want to believe that there's something bigger than them that can be the only thing that will change their, their life. Number one, they're never going to win this disease. Never, never. Jail, institutions, and death is our guarantee. It's an absolute. I know almost as many people who have died trying, thinking they were the best drinker and drugger and they had it down better and smarter and full corn. You know, that's, um, they gotta take it to God. Yeah, well, thank you. Because I can't, 
he can. I have to let him. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation and you're a beautiful person and so grateful you took the time today to share your experience and, and mostly your hope, the hope. And let me tell you, my being able to see you and talk to you is a God thing. Mm -hmm. This worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, there are just no mistakes. Thank you so much for allowing me and my God to be present during this time because he is and was and still is present in this book. Uh, I tell anybody who buys it, if you don't like it, I'll refund your money. That's a promise. You know, I'm just so sure um, of the power behind the book for us, yeah. for us. You know, I was a little disturbed this morning. Um, I think I told you I, I, a little disappointed because I'd been waiting anxiously. I spent a lot of money on an entrance fee for a big, big international, big uh, book contest. And I didn't even place you know, I know. so I'm thinking, wow, how good is this book? But I have to remember that the readers are not one of us. If they were, it would have been, the outcome would have been different. Mm -hmm. Do believe. Because all of my ratings and all of my reviews and all of the feedback I get from people, uh, who have the same disease as me um, gives me different. But anyway, that's what happened this morning. I was bummed. <laughs> I was crushed. Yeah. Oh, and right, you're human, um, right? We still can feel disappointed by things. But <gasps> oh, haven't yes. Yeah, yeah. But from where it stands here, I just think, you know, what you have to offer is such quality material. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, and it's soul material and mm -hmm. the pe people will come who, who want their souls enriched and who want to continue to evolve in their program of recovery and, and as a, um, as a useful human on this earth, um, free of the bondage of self and willing oh to help others. So oh. that's, that's where your book fits in. And it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, I, and from where I stand, <laughs> I think that's a beautiful place to reside. So um, oh, thank yeah. you so much. Sarah. I'm grateful for you and I'm <laughs> you forever stamped on my heart and um, oh. would love to call you my friend. <laughs> I hope you will. Yes. I, I hope you will. But that means you'll use me as a friend. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Same, same goes. Call me and if I can do anything at all. Yeah, well, same goes here. We're, we're in this together and we work together. The, 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 those of us, like I said at the beginning, who have a passion to help people find hope, you know, mm -hmm. we're not in competition with each other. We're, mm -hmm. we're here to build each other up and to work together to help people heal and find a better way. Amen. So, and you're doing that. You've been doing that. I mean, the work that you do in the 
the um, um, the jails and um, with with women who are incarcerated and um, with people in the rooms. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna make people know about that Sunday at two o'clock so they get to. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So well, even even just to get them in the rooms. Yes. Got meetings. 24 7 yeah and um, you know a lot of professional folks a lot of big uh shakers and movers and shakers go there and they and they put on every month a special free it's all free yeah uh, special sessions and of their own yes yes okay. can, um can i close with with one more page i would love it Oh, thank you. Me too. All right. This one's called forward motion. Okay. And it goes, why am I not there yet? How long is it going to take before I get it? What am I doing wrong? And like a child, we stomp, but I want it now. These and other statements cry out for answers on our journey of recovery. We think we deserve answers, but they're none of our business. When no answer comes, it's often because it's not our turn to understand yet. When no answer comes, it's often because, oh, I just read that, it's not our turn to understand. Patience, tolerance, and letting go. These are the principles tested as we approach our light of knowledge. As we wait in line for the answer that doesn't come, we accept we already have everything we need. The process of recovery, although ever-changing, is as profound as our higher power, whose sovereignty is as encompassing as the ocean's tides. By doing the next right thing, we're already right where we're supposed to be, safe, as we connect in thought to the spirit who presides over all. We are moving forward, but in the timing of a higher power, not ours. This forward motion doesn't look like we think it should look, but we continue to trust the process. There are no mistakes, only a perfect unveiling of our own actualization. We are no longer free floating. We are connected just something greater than ourselves. And because we are, knowing this is enough. We trust that if we remain clean and sober, we become a miracle of forward motion. Today we are bathed in the assurance of being led and accept with trusted confidence that more will always be revealed as we move forward, and it is the continued rise and fall of our consciousness with our higher power assures us this is so. And that's it. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Thank you. Thanks again for the, the gift of being able to be here and touch your listeners with the hope that we all deserve so much more. You do. And we are so much more than we think. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, um, I can't wait to talk to you again soon about things that we've, we know we, we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And I hope you have um, a beautiful day today.
I will, Sarah. Thank you. Same to you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>